0: Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Sunday School by Larson Hicks on January 29th, Lord's Day Service. This is the last week of our teenage parenting series, and uh, as you guys know, um, I, the word parenting" is kind of a pet peeve of mine because uh, i, I don 't uh, think there 's a whole lot of generic parenting that happens it 's mostly mothering and fathering uh, those are two different things, two very different things um, I recorded a podcast this week with uh, pastor Lusk and uh, it's, it was just wonderful. He just taught through uh, Genesis 3, and it, it's fascinating because the more and more you look at Genesis 3, the more and more you realize it's all there. <laughs> like everything is there in Genesis 3. And and the, the fascinating thing that I saw uh, in Genesis 3, maybe for the first time in my life, was that the fall, the sin, uh, the sin of Adam and Eve uh, is sin with respect to their gender. It, it It is them not fulfilling their God-given roles as man and woman, which is fascinating. Like that's, that is the fundamental sin. Um, it shouldn't surprise us that it continues to be such a pernicious sin in the world. But, but, but uh, Adam was supposed to protect. Adam was supposed to take initiative. Adam was supposed to crush the head of the serpent. And he he was, um, he neglected to do that. He, he was, uh, didn't take initiative. He, uh, he was passive. Um, and, uh, and she usurped uh, authority. She should have turned to her husband and said, what should I do here? And she didn't. Um, anyway, there's a lot more there, but, but it just reemphasizes to me the, the centrality of this idea that we've got to get out of our heads, that there's this gender neutral parenting thing. Um, with moms, uh, moms... Just in general with, with their kids, their orientation is towards nurturing, uh, which is so good. God's designed women for that work. Um, and so when, when the kid falls off the bicycle, mom runs over and picks them up and checks their knee for scrapes and, and all of that. That's her instinct. That's good. That's right. Dad, you know, when kid falls off the bicycle, goes, hey, get up, uh, dust yourself off. Because dad's concerned with their survival out in the world someday. That's what Dad's thinking about. Dad's not thinking about, oh, I hope his knee isn't scraped. He's thinking, I hope this kid learns how to take a lick and get back up, right? And that's that's those are two different orientations, but they're two very very important and necessary things for kids. Um, the uh, and the statistics bear it out, right? Um, this is this is these were from a video I watched on YouTube uh, this week, but pretty fat, pretty pretty uh, dire, really. Um, so when you look at the statistics for uh, things like youth suicides, um, 63% of youth suicides are, are kids who don't have a dad in the home. Uh, 90% of homeless uh, kids and runaway kids are, grew up without a dad. Um, behavior, behavioral um, disorders, 85% grew up in a home without a dad. 80% of rapists grew up in a home without a dad. Seventy um, percent of high school dropouts grew, in a, grew up in a home without a dad. Eighty percent of prison uh, kids that end up in prison uh, grew up in a home without a dad. so it 's actually a pretty big deal uh, it 's a pretty big deal. This idea, and i 've seen as someone did a study once on, uh, on the evolution of the covers of parenting magazines. Um, and slowly you see dad's phased out. It stops being husband and wife and starts being just mom with a kid or two moms with the kid, Um, very, very rarely uh, is a dad in the picture. So again, uh, we can't think that parenting can happen uh, without an intact mother and father. Uh, These are two different roles. Um, And I'm going to get into, my wife suggested that I push this to the end. So I'm going to get into some of the specific things that dad does and mom does at the end. Um, So I'm going to make a note to myself. To come back to that, um, uh, but because I want to just get straight into what we're talking about, which is which is um, which is teenage boys. You know, teenage boys are becoming men. Um, it's a transition phase. We talked about this already a couple times. This idea that it's a gradual thing that happens, um, uh, but it needs to be happening. And the goal you know, the goal is wherever they are now. You know, they start completely dependent, uh, and they're going to end. Uh, completely independent, and so there's there's a that needs to ha- be happening. That process you need to be able to observe that process happening at your home. So with the boys, my goal is that by the time they leave the house, they are men, not not ready to become men someday, but they are men by the time they leave my house. Uh, so it's it's pretty short. I've got one who's leaving in a few months. Um, so I've got I've, i have I've I've got to be thinking years ahead. You know, how am I going to get this kid ready? Um, High level, and we'll get deeper into this, but high level, a man's role, right, in the world is is dominion and, and subduing the earth, and their homes is providing and protecting. So those are some of the high level things, obviously, that, like, I want to be preparing this this boy for. Um, but the but again, the goal is when they leave the house, they actually leave, right? Um, my sons are making their own decisions when they've left. They're supporting themselves when they've left, Um When, when I left home and this isn't, I'm not suggesting this is how everyone should do it, but when I left home, my dad gave me my college fund, just said, here you go, Uh, figure it out, you know, good luck. You know, hopefully it lasts you all four years. I don't know if it will, but you'll figure it out. That was it, right? It was like, okay. Uh, You know, it was like, I got this huge pile of money. I've never had money in my, you know, never had serious money in my life, this big pile of money. And I'm like, we'll see what what happens here, you know? you know, asterisk. It didn't last very long. Uh, I burned through that like in two years, and so I was like, "Oh, I guess I, I've got to provide for myself." And you know, I was trying to get married, and it was like, "Okay, I guess I'm a man now." Um, so, how do you, you know, how do you graduate men from your home uh, who are confident for the role that they're going to play out in the world, um, um, and they have to have already done done it. Like, the goal is that they're they're. There's practice, you know, that that they're they're actually men in your homes uh, before they go out. Um, There's not some magical transition that happens the the second they leave. And and I think it's important that we don't just get frustrated uh, when we realize, you know, that they don't know something. Like when I was their age, I could do that. And it's like, well, how how did you know? Like, where did, who taught you, right? Um, And I hate this classic parenting line, um, act like a man and I'll treat you like a man. We've probably all heard that. It's it's, it's a a common uh, parenting line. Um, And it really should be the opposite. Uh, I think if we're consistent theologically, God loved us. He put his mark on us. He gave us a new name before we lived up to it, right? Before we earned it. Um, And our parenting should reflect this. So instead of act like a man and I'll treat you like a man, it should be, you're a man, son. And men do this. You're a man. Men don't do this. You know, it's it's that that's the orientation. It's reinforcing their identity as men, calling them to live by this higher standard, and not questioning their 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 calling. Not questioning, well, I don't know if you're a man. I don't know if you really are a man. Um, you need to get there. You know. Um, so I think a helpful exercise. I mean, seriously, this is kind of like uh, this probably sounds overly simplistic, but I, I think it's really helpful to s- to sit there and make take an inventory of what are the things my sons need to be able to do before they leave the house, you know? Um, and it can be, you know, I mean, make a big list and and start chipping away at it. Like does my son know how to look a man in the eyes and shake his hand? Hopefully that was something I taught him very young, but if he doesn't, let's get to work on that. Uh, does my son know how to work hard? Uh, does he love God? Does he love God's people? Does he love worship? (laughs) That's something I've got to work on. Um, does he speak and communicate clearly? You know, can he sit there and have a intelligent conversation with an adult? Uh, does he know how to write an email? I mean, seriously, these are like practical things, but this is stuff that I've, I've practiced with my sons. You know, how do you write an email? Um, hey, send me that email before you send it to that person and let me look at it and let's give you some feedback. How do you use an Excel spreadsheet? My kids laugh at me about this because it's like dad always goes, well, oh, it's, it's always an Excel spreadsheet, uh, but it's like, no, look, it's a great tool. It's super helpful. Check it out. Um, there's a, and I haven't done this, but I've thought deeply about this and I've, and I've, I've even put together a whole plan for this, but I haven't done it. Uh, but I, I'll just mention it here because I think it's interesting. Uh, the theologian um, Vern Poitras um, he, he does a thing. He and I think John Frame came up with this idea together of what they call a Bar Yeshua. So it's like a Bar Mitzvah, but it's a Christian version. And the idea is that at some stage in a young, in their, in a young man's life in their home, 13 or so, um, there's an actual status change that happens. So there's some sort of uh, marking, sort of that moment of, hey, you're no longer a boy in this home. You're, you're a man in this home. Um, in, in in his case, uh, he starts charging rent, And so his son from that point forward is now paying rent. Uh, so it's so there's there's tangible ways of sort of signifying that hey, you're you're not a boy anymore, you're not a kid anymore, you're a man in this house, um, and and living in that sort of uh, and again for those of us who don't live on a farm, you know, you have to create we have to in this context kind of create um, ways to to clearly um, signify, uh, uh, the contribution that a young man can and should be making to the home to actually create those opportunities, whether it's, they go out and get a job and then they pay rent, which is a great way to do it. Um, unfortunately in our country, you can't go get a job until you're a certain age, which is frustrating. Um, but you can get creative on that too. Um, so anyway, I think it's a cool idea. I've actually put together a whole, thing on it, uh, and, and hope to do it someday. I just haven't, um, yet, but okay. So those are some high level stuff just about this kind of transition. So, um, in, uh, in Doug Wilson's book, Future Men, uh, it's a great book, rec- highly recommend it. I've read it a bunch of times. Um, he, uh, outlines the five in his, in his book, he uses this framework of these five roles of a man. Um, and, uh, he gets into detail on all of them. I'm going to kind of give the high level, and then I'm just going to kind of fill each of these with, my, with some of my own observations and thoughts. So the five roles are Lord uh, or, or I think leader, uh, you know, Lord, leader, uh, husbandmen, um, saviors, sages, and glory bear, bearers. So those are the five roles, and he's got scriptural justification for each of those five, uh, but lords, husbandmen, saviors, sages, and glory bearers. So I'm going to run through kind of my thoughts on each of these five. And I'm also stealing thoughts from Pastor Wilson and other people. So lords or leaders um, exercising dominion, subduing the earth. The, the tree fort impetus um, that boys have to, to want to conquer and subdue and plant a flag. Um, to be a lord, a boy should learn to be adventurous and visionary. So those are kind of the keys to, to this leadership lord kind of concept is being adventurous and visionary like one of the biggest ways um, that a that a a boy learns to be a leader is learning about initiative about what does it mean to take initiative um they've been sort of passive you know residents of the home for uh, growing up and somebody was always telling them what to do um to be a leader, you actually have to be the one telling, you know, leading and, and setting the agenda and deciding how what direction we're going to go. So, learning to take initiative, not waiting for someone else to ask you to do something or make the first move. Um, uh, recognizing the sin of passivity, you know, in that same con- in that same uh, vein. Um, again, Genesis three, you know, Adam's sin was the sin of passivity in that moment, right? God had given him a command. The command he was supposed to give, teach his wife, he failed. Um, and so she wasn't ready when the serpent showed up. And then, uh, and if you read Genesis 3, Adam's there. Like Adam's not somewhere else. Adam's there. Because um, we see it in Genesis 3. So Adam's there while this snake, this dragon, is lying to his wife. And he sits there and goes, "Well, let's see, let's see what happens. You know, let's see how this plays out. That's, that's the sin. I mean, that's, that's like, that's one of the key sins in history uh is is that thing so that's something that that we've got to be teaching our kids towards um and and uh and and husbands you guys know this that in in marriage uh you have to be a leader you have to take initiative um you have to you you can't just passively sit there and hope that your wife's gonna um gonna set the agenda and take care of things that's that's not gonna go well Um, your marriage is not gonna go well if you're passive Um, And part of being a Lord and a leader is, is being a visionary, Um, creativity, uh, competence, charisma, wisdom. These are all things that, that inspire uh, people to follow a leader, right? So we want to teach our sons to be creative, to be competent, uh, to have charisma, right? Uh, To have wisdom. And those enable you, I mean, they give you, you the ability to lead, you know, when you, when you, when you have those things. Um, our goal, I think this is important. Our goal with Christian young men is not to produce these browbeaten um, boys uh, who submit to their father, you know, forever. Uh, who need permission from their parents to do anything. That's not the goal. And I can tell you I've seen that. I've seen it and I've seen it go really bad. Um, i 've seen browbeaten 20 something year old boys who are screwed up who are s- screwed up because of their relationship with their dad because their dad was this taskmaster their whole lives um, and and they carry this this weight of i 'm not good enough i 've failed and 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 this fear that they 're going to screw up because dad 's not empowered their son to go out and be a man and make decisions and lead confidently. Um, I gave this example to my wife, and I, I think this is true, that, that a, a mark of success for me someday with my boys is there's going to be a day where my son's going to ask me for advice about something. When he's out there and he's a man, and, and I'm going to give him my advice, and he's going to say, I hear and understand your advice, Dad. I appreciate it. I disagree. I'm going to do it a different way, but thank you. I would love to hear that from one of my sons, right? I'm not saying that like that should always happen, but, but I, I want sons who will go, thanks dad. That was good. That was good advice. I hear and understand what you're saying, but I think I disagree. I'm going to do this a different way. Cool, man. You do. That's awesome. Be a man. That's great. Um, so that's what we're. that's the goal is a, is a young man. You know, scripture says a, a young man leaves his father's house. He leaves and he cleaves to us, to, to his wife. So it's, he does need to leave, um, and if and if you've created a, a young man who is like codependent and there's just so much of that in the in the church is men who are codependent on other men or on teachers or of some of some sort, and it's not that we don't all need those things, need teachers, need mentors but but there's this codependency thing where it's like, I can't do anything, I can't make any decision without without getting someone else to tell me it's okay right and and, uh, and that's that's not. That's a that's a man who who hasn't fully come into their role as a lord as a leader. Um, the other thing about about men and this, I think this falls under this heading, is that men are incredibly competitive and incredibly hierarchical. Um, when a man walks into almost any room uh, of people he doesn't know, um, all of the men in the room are sizing each other up. Uh, they're sort of determining a pecking order, you know, based on. Size and confidence and how well-dressed they are, whatever. I mean, this, these are just things that men do uh, subconsciously, but it's happening all the time. Um, and, uh, and, it's, and it's an important part of being confident uh, as a man. Um, and one of the best ways, uh, and Darren talked about not doing this necessarily with your daughters, but one of the best ways to do this uh, with your sons is to tease them. Um, make fun of your teenage boys. Um, they need to be made fun of. Um, they need to be teased. They need to, they need to learn not to take themselves so seriously. And men do this with each other. You know, so when men are together, uh, they are constantly teasing each other. Uh, and, and the reason, especially when you first meet a man, the reason you tease a dude is you're trying to figure out, can I trust this guy? Like, is this the kind of guy that's going to lose his mind? in, in a tough situation and, and fall apart and become, and become, uh, and become super sensitive? Uh, does he know how to take a joke? Um, is he able to, to receive criticism and not take it personally? You know, like it's a test and it's a, it's a, it's an important test for someone's capability to be a leader. Uh, one of the things I love about our session of elders is we tease each other all the time. Uh, it's happening constantly, and I love that Jason Cherry can, can cut me down uh, with a smile on his face, and it cut to the bone, but it's also like, oh, I get it. All right, and I can give it right back to him, and, and, he, and he takes it. It's, it's lovely, um, and it's, it's one of the ways I know this, this is a guy that I can joyfully serve alongside because he doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, okay. Okay. A couple, uh, one, one more concept on the leadership thing. Um, adventure is a really important thing for, for young men. And again, it's, it's, it's part of this process of helping your young men um, gain confidence in their own competence, right? And so it's really important to get boys, teenage boys, but boys of all ages, to get them out of the house, to send them out on adventures, um, and the, and more and more, the older they are. So, um, when my boys were, when we, it was, it was when we had just moved to Huntsville. So they were all still, this was like seven years ago, eight years ago. Uh, we were, they were all pretty young still. And we just moved into a new neighborhood. And, um, you know, the, the temptation in today's world is just to be a helicopter parent and bubble wrap your kid and never let them out of your sight. And, um, and one, one, uh, one Saturday morning, I believe it was, I, I uh, said, hey, boys, come here. And I uh, pulled up my, my, a map on my phone. I said, hey, this looks interesting on this map. This is like a creek, and it looks like it's a mile or two away from our house. Why don't you guys get on your bikes? I want you to go find this point on the map. Check it out and come home and tell me what you found. And they were like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, you can figure it out. Just look at this map, you know, study it for a minute and go get on your bikes and find it. And it was just a, look, it wasn't like a risk. I'm not all that worried about my kids going a couple blocks away from the house. But it was a great exercise for them in, hey, you guys can figure this out. You guys are, you guys are men. Um, and, uh, and, and it's going to be okay. I trust you. Um, and they got to come home from this adventure feeling like, yeah, like I was, I was out there all by myself and, in a new neighborhood. And I figured it out. You know, didn't die. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my mom was shocked when I was, I skateboarded in junior high and my mom was shocked when I went over to a friend's house and she didn't realize that we had gotten on a city bus and gone many, many miles away and to skate at a high school. And then we skated many, many miles home and I got home that day and she's like, what'd you guys do? I was like, oh, we went to Coronado high school and skated. And she's like, how'd you get there? I, was like, I took the bus and she was like, whoa, but it was, you know, like that was a cool thing for me. Um... Um, violence, uh, fighting, uh, contact sports, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, whatever it is you're doing, this is really important for boys. Um, and I think it's tempting to go, "Well, my little snowflake is is a lover, not a fighter." Well, he needs to learn. I mean, he, he, if he's going to be if he's going to be if he's going to live and and out in the world with men in the competitive marketplace, etc., he's got to learn how to how to take a lick and how to give a lick. Um, I think it's in Doug's book, uh, or maybe it was in a biography I read of Teddy Roosevelt, but, but the story where, um, I was Teddy Roosevelt was teaching Sunday school at church and there's a boy that comes in. He's got a black eye and, uh, Roosevelt says, um, how'd you get that black eye?" He said, well, as we were walking to church, uh, there was a boy who was picking on my sister. And so I, I, I I've gotten a fight and he ended up punching me in the, in the eye and Roosevelt pulled out his wallet and gave the boy a dollar. I said, good job <laughs> it was like it was like uh like yeah, that's a great thing, good job. Um, boys really, really need that, like boys need to know i've been punched in the nose before and and I didn't die. It was okay, like I can be punched in the nose um, that's really important uh, for for boys to to experience and and that can be hard if you've got a, like if, if you've got a bunch of boys like we do, that kind of stuff happens you know in the home uh frequently um i tackled my uh, Seth recently uh which he was he he Seth's love language is violence um and so he was in the in the in the kitchen was was kind of you know doing his thing trying to trying to test me physically and I was like come at me and I just form tackled him uh and put him on his back and uh lost his breath Uh, I think saw stars a little bit maybe mom was terrified um (laughs) but I think Seth's tank was filled, uh, by being, <laughs> by being form tackled. Um, but yeah, so on the adventure front and on the sports thing and on the violence thing, uh, we really do need a challenge. You really need to challenge your boys. And, and it's like that analogy with, with, uh, you sort of play to the competition, like what you present your kids, the effort, like don't sign them up for Kung Fu, you know, where it's going to be just like a lot of like dancing, you know, like, like, Give them a challenge that's actually like you don't want to give them like just a like the guys who learned Kung Fu or whatever that have that like think they know martial arts or whatever. Think they can take care of themselves, but have never actually been tested, you know, in a real physical like rugby, football, wrestling, boxing, like something that's actually hard and difficult. Um, And just in general, on the adventure thing, like give your kids, give your boys Challenges that are harder than you think they can handle. Because um, uh, they're going to play, they're more likely than not going to play up to the competition, uh, right? I mean, it's, it's like a team that plays up to the competition. You want, you want your boys living in that world where you're asking them to do things that are harder than you think they can probably handle and let them prove to themselves and you that they actually can. Um, okay, so that's the Lord, that's the first of the five Lords category. Uh, the second is husbandman. Take a sip of my coffee. So God commanded Adam not only to take dominion and to subdue the earth, but He told him to tend and keep the garden. Um, So after all the conquering, right? There's also there's the settling down. Uh, I learned this in uh, I think in in um, Wiley's book, Man of the House, um, that the word husband actually means home bound. So a husband is a man who is bound to a home. Uh, So he's not like a wild stallion out in the world anymore, he is, he is bound to a home. Um, and so being a husband, husbandman um, is about uh, learning to be patient, to be careful, and to be hardworking. So you've gotta learn violence, you've gotta learn adventure, you've gotta learn how to be a leader and a visionary, but then you also have to learn how to tend and keep with patience, with care, with hard work. I think probably one of the m- most important concepts here is impulse control uh, is teaching your boys, um, about controlling their impulses and not living in constant, uh, submission, uh, and slavery to their impulses is a hard thing. Um, a a friend of mine up in Idaho, a mentor, older guy, uh, just used to go and sit down with him and ask him, he had, he had teenage boys that were good kids. And I would sit down and go, Hey, tell me how to do that. And, um, he gave on this topic, he gave the example of, um, asking his son to limit his video game playing to an hour a day. And his son was like, like, why do I need to limit it to an hour? And he said, you know, there's not like, there's no real reason why you couldn't play for two hours. Uh, like you, you could probably get away with that and it wouldn't affect you. But, but you need to learn how to deny yourself, uh, uh, the desire to play this game. You, it's a, it's a, you have this impulse to play and just to keep playing. And you've got to learn how to control that. You've got to learn how to take you know, to decide. I'm going to only do this for an hour or whatever the amount of time is. And then I'm going to stop doing it. Um, and he, and, and, and the example he told his son is like, there are going to be much, much more tempting desires uh, as you grow up uh, that you're going to have to learn how to say no to. Um, so this is a chance to practice that, to develop those muscles. Um, and, and along with that is delayed gratification. So our, our boys have to learn about this concept of sowing and then reaping. Like you don't reap first, you have to sow first. Uh, you, you eat your dinner and then you get dessert. Our boys need to learn about delayed gratification. Um, and that's a hard thing to do because we have, I, I feel like we have so much, Pleasure, sort of, just right at our fingertips, um, and we have to work. We have to work to, to say, "Hey, you're going to get that snack later after we've worked." You know, um, work ethic uh, is huge. Um, I had a I had a good friend uh, in college who grew up on a farm, and and he he and I played rugby together for years. And he runs a, a construction company, um, but I remember hearing him say once. Um, as we were working together on something he said my dad taught me that i to never watch another man work if there's work being done and i'm sitting and i'm in the same room i'm never gonna watch another man work and that was just what the the principle that he lived by i thought was phenomenal Um, if there's work being done and i'm a man and i'm in the vicinity of that work i'm gonna go get involved in it obviously we can all think of examples where hired somebody or whatever but but just it's a good principle um our kids our our boys need to 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 learn that laziness is disgraceful um the proverbs talk about the lazy man being constantly frustrated that's that's the life you're heading for if you are embracing laziness it should be viewed as disgraceful should be viewed as something that's shameful that you don't that you uh that you don't want to do um, our, our, sons need to learn about money again, just trying to stay in this, in this, uh, theme of husbandmen, uh, money. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most important things in the world. You know, it's one of the biggest factors in many marriages is money. And so our sons need to learn about it. They need to learn how to use money. They need to learn about the temptations of greed, of luxury, of frivolity, of consumerism, uh, the benefit of owning assets, uh, the trap of debt, uh, the, the importance of tithing first, uh, before you do anything else. Um, so we've got to be teaching these boys about money. Um, it's got to happen. They've got to, they've got to have money. They've got to be earning money, you know, before they, when they're in the home so that when they're out, they can actually leave and, 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 and be okay. Um, under this topic of, of, of husbandmen, um, and this, this probably maybe could have gone under leadership, uh, Lord, but, but uh, ambition, um, you, want, you want teenage boys to whom you're constantly having to say, whoa, slow down. That's what, you want that. You don't want teenage boys who you're constantly saying giddy up, come on, let's go. You, you don't want that. You would rather be saying whoa than giddy up with teenage boys. Um, and so um, model that for your sons. Um, and this is, this is kind of a big picture theme of all of this is, is dads, you ha- your boys are gonna be just like you. So model, model that for your kids. Your kids need to see you trying to do things that are harder than you probably can do, right? That same thing I said earlier of giving them challenges that are harder than they can do, do that yourself, right? Uh, don't make excuses for not doing hard things. Actually, attempt hard things, and let your kids see you attempt hard things. Um, with our with our boys, and this kind of goes with the money and the ambition thing. We we did we've done a lot of business projects for our boys. Um, so when Jed was was pretty young, um, uh, we we made up you know I, I gave him this idea to. What if you made some door hangers that had a picture of you on it and kind of explain sort of the services you offer and, and get those made, design them on your computer. You know how to do that. Uh, and then get them printed and go, uh, hang them all over, all over. Uh, and we came up with a cool, uh, marketing idea where we said, well, you'll take out the trash for folks for free if they'll just call you. Um, and so he went all up and down our street within all within walking distance and put these things on there. And he ended up with a bunch of old ladies who had him taken out as trash and they ended up hiring him to pull weeds. And uh, it was a great, great opportunity for him to learn about money and about ambition. Um, we've done similar things with the other boys. Um, under this topic of husbandmen, is just provision. Right. Um, and uh, I can say it's it's a it's. It's been a fun thing to watch um, my boys um, buy things for themselves, but also pick up the tab. You know, like I've taken my sons to lunch and they've been like, I'll get this, dad. I got it. It's like, yeah, man, it's awesome. Um, it's a great feeling. Um, again, kind of in this uh, vein of doing hard things, work, you know, work out with your sons, do hard things with your sons. Chop um, Chop wood. You know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is, is, uh, is uh, a lot of stuff isn't practical, right? I mean, this is the, so you guys have all heard that story of, you know, the farmer whose sons are out there in the field doing work and some neighbor going, hey, you know, there's machines that do that. And the farmer's response is, yeah, but I'm raising sons. I'm not just raising corn. I'm raising sons. Um, So we've, we've in our home, um, you know, just just a, a month or so ago, I, I asked, I knew Micah had a slow day and said, hey, Micah, I need to replace the fuel filter in my Land Cruiser. Will you figure that out and do that for me today? I'll pay you uh, for your time. It's like, okay, how, how would I? Just YouTube it, you'll find it, you'll figure it out. He did, right? He did, he got it done. Um, uh, I asked Seth, this was like a year or two ago, I asked Seth to fix the dryer. Our dryer was broken. I said, will you fix our dryer, please? It's like, how do you do it? Same thing. I just figured out YouTube. You know where the tools are. Took the thing apart, you know, watched some videos. He figured out that there was a heating element that was broken and went with his mom to the store to buy the heating element and installed it and put it back together. I mean, I could have done it a lot faster, probably, maybe. I don't even know. I figured it out pretty quick. He's sharp kid. But, uh, but in those cases, I wasn't doing it because I knew they'd do a better job or a faster job. I was doing it because I'm raising boys, right? I'm raising future men uh, who need to have the confidence when to do these things, to figure these things out. So don't rob them of those opportunities. Um, I thought of this while I was preparing, just this idea that, that in the evangelical church, we put such a high premium on um, quiet times, you know, your personal relationship with the Lord. And I think we tend to do the same in our homes. Like we put this high premium on like special moments with our kids, like Instagram moments with our kids. Um, you know, my son and I climbed Everest uh, and then we had a quiet time on the summit you know like, like, like that's, that's how you prove that you're a good dad and, and, like, and like your kid and you are really, have a really great relationship and that's just, that's just not how it has to be like, like shovel I was going to use the farm word but I'll, I'll hold off shovel poo with your boys I, I have great memories of shoveling poo with my dad in the horse stalls like that's a great memory um, loading bales of hay onto a trailer with my dad uh, my brothers that's a great memory um do yard work with your boys um, um sit in the same office you know if you get to work from home that's a pretty cool opportunity to to work side to side you know shoulder to shoulder with your boys I, I share an office with one of my sons sometimes two of my sons will sit up there while i'm doing work and and we'll work together we're not really talking but we're in the same room and we're working um participate in their favorite things you know the things that they're into actually participate um, again, not because you necessarily love it, but because you 're you 're being present um, you don 't have to do anything particularly special as a matter of fact, being present in a boy 's life in today 's world is incredibly special that that is a very special thing um, so you don 't have to manufacture some special crazy extravagant whatever thing uh, just be present in your kids and your boys life okay moving on uh, to savior um, the promise in Genesis 3 to Eve was that her son would crush the head of the serpent the dragon uh, the story of the gospel can be summarized as kill the dragon get the girl um, that's, a, that's a Doug Wilson uh, thing Um, if you're not following that, the dragon is the serpent. Christ slays the serpent, crushes the serpent, and he gets the girl, the bride, the church. Um, So dragon slaying, the fact that that we're training young men to be dragon slayers, means that when they're little, playing with wooden swords, playing with toy guns, uh, with pine cone grenades... Uh, this is essential play for boys. This isn't. This is this is essential play for boys, um, and they also have to learn during that to never point those weapons at a woman, to never point those weapons at a friend, at children, um, and these are things you should be teaching them from a very young age. Uh, but again, as they grow older and older, things like rugby or football or jujitsu or boxing, whatever, um, these boys need to keep learning uh, about how to how to defend how to protect um, saviors must learn to be strong sacrificial courageous and good so those are those are all essential to uh, to fulfilling that role as a man of a savior um, so boys are prepping you know prepping for warfare they're they're pre- preparing to duke it out in the marketplace um, uh, and it's it's physical it's also v- verbal I mean they have to learn how to Hold their own in a, in a verbal exchange. You know, how to, how to not get heated and, and get emotional. You know, we, we have a lot of uh, fights in our home, uh, controlled fights, you know, debates. Um, and when I see one of my boys, especially, losing their cool, I'm like, hey, wait a second. Chill out. Get control. Don't lose it. Like, this isn't like you're going to lose the argument if you get emotional. Like, get, get yourself under control. Um, and and I and I and I'll say that I think this training for dragon slaying, for c- courage, for sh- uh, for strength, um, it's a, it's actually one of the probably the easier things to neglect. Um, some boys obviously come by it very naturally, but but um, but I've seen this. I've seen men who never learned these things and never gained confidence, and there's in their ability to defend themselves or defend others. And it, and it manifests, I mean, that, that lack ends up manifesting itself in really weird ways uh, when they get older. Um, so you get, you get men who are passive aggressive um, or over proud of their intellectual skills, you know, guys who end up getting in, who, who flex by getting in fights on the internet, you know, uh, theological fights on the internet, like that's their way of proving that they're men. Um, which obviously is not good for the church to have a bunch of men who um, who are just fighting constantly, uh, uh, tearing the church down. So I'll stop there on, on the Savior thing. The, the next one is sages, uh, wise, uh, wisdom, having wisdom. Uh, the Proverbs are a lesson uh, in wisdom. And so uh, to a son, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the orientation of the Proverbs. Uh, so, so boys need to learn the masculinity of study, of learning, of books, of intellectual discussions. Um, this is an easy one to overlook, too, um, but it's one that's important for, for these boys. We can't, we can't pit the virtues of, you know, overt virtues of manliness like combat against the less overt virtues of pursuing wisdom. Um, so a, a sage must learn to be teachable, to be studious, to be thoughtful. This is really hard for a lot of boys, um, and so it, it takes a little extra work. Uh, the first thing is is a, a boy has got to see his dad pursuing wisdom. He's got to see his dad studying scripture, reading books. Um, he's got to see that happening and, and hear it coming out in conversations. You know, uh, I read this in a book, and this is important. This applies to the situation, or this is what the proverbs say. The boys need to hear that coming out of. Uh, especially out of dad's mouth, and see and model for your sons what what, what being a sage looks like, and, and that that's a virtue that is important to you. And then challenge your boys to think through uh, difficult things. You know, ask difficult questions, and ask them, "What do you think?" You know, um, and argue with it. Well, what about this? What about that? And you know, just push push your boys to 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 be able to defend their thoughts, and and see that, man, I, I really don't know what I'm talking about. I should I should study more. Um, stimulate those deep conversations. Um, under sage, I'm going to put the topic of, of girls and dating under this just because uh, I think about Proverbs. Proverbs is just full of wisdom to young men about ladies, about, about women, about you know, the adulterous woman and about the virtuous woman. And so I think it applies here. As, as our boys need to learn wisdom about women, about their relationship to, wis- to women the fool is a young man who doesn't know how to relate appropriately with, with women. Um, the rule in our house is no singling out girls until you're ready to pursue marriage within the next year or so. so that's the basic rule. So you, you, just, you can't single out a girl unless you're intending to pursue marriage within the next year or so. So if, if, that's, if that's on the horizon, you're seriously heading that direction, that's what your plan is then let's talk about singling a girl out. But until then, you don't single a girl out. Uh, so that means being warm with, with young ladies. It means being polite with young ladies, but also means being distant with young ladies. Um, you know, I grew up, I, I, I didn't grow up with this direction. I was highly flirtatious with every female, including my teachers. I mean, I was flirtatious with every lady in my life, I, I, until I got to college and I, and I, and I, and I, Bethany and I were, were an item at that point And I was like, it just occurred to me one day. I can't be this kind of man. I don't want to be this kind of man. I can't be this kind of husband. And I had this opportunity where I was leaving my old life, you know, in Texas and moving to Idaho. Nobody here knew me. There was no expectation that this is who I was. And it was like, I'm starting over. I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to be like that again with women. Um, I'm thankful, so thankful that, that God um, revealed that to me and gave me that opportunity to repent and turn from that sin. But it's, it's, uh, it's something you need to be teaching your, your boys about early on, being how to be distant with girls, A warm, polite, but distant. Um, it also means honoring women as weaker vessels and not toying with their emotions. Um, and that's something that I think boys— Boys at some point early on learn that oh, mom is more emotional than I am. I can I can mess with her, and it doesn't really rattle me because I'm a dude and I don't get all that emotional. But I can really rattle her, um, and so teaching boys not to do that uh, with their mom and also not to do that with with other ladies, uh, not to to and, and and honoring them as a weaker vessel um, looks like. Um, I know that for me, my intention is not to make this woman think that I love her, but I know that if I behave this way with her, she might think that that's going on and she might get emotionally invested in me in a way that, that uh, I don't want to hurt her, you know, break her heart. And so I need to be on guard against that. Um, so, okay, last, I think it's the last one. Glory Bears. Yeah. Glory bearers, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven seven, for a man ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. So men need to learn that uh, part of their calling is to reflect and represent Christ, uh, and glory glory bearers need to learn to be representative, um, responsible, and holy. So. Uh, one of those things is taking responsibility. So training your boys, training your teenage boys to, to not make excuses, right? Um, when you ask your son, why did you make this bad grade? Or why didn't you do this chore? Uh, one of the most common and appropriate responses should be, no excuses, sir. Um, no excuses. I screwed up. I didn't do what I was supposed to. Um, so taking responsibility. The other is is the sin of individualism. So you've got to teach your boys that their sin is never, never only affects them. Uh, and if if you were here for when Toby Sumter preached, uh, he 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 talked about um, the nuclear family uh, and kind of double uh, uh, play on words. The idea that that um, that the family is this source of incredible power and energy, like, like nuclear reactor is. It's also a source of huge potential devastation. Um, and the Old Testament commands to, uh, to kill, to put to death a rebellious son are not driven by some weird, harsh, angry God. Uh, it's driven by a God who is above time and is looking at the absolute and utter devastation for generations that a foolish, that one foolish rebellious man can cause through all the bastard children that he fathers and abandons. And we, we talked about the statistics earlier. I've seen it. Our church, uh, when we were growing up was across the street from the, the projects and we had several young men uh, and young ladies from the projects who would come over to church and became a part of our, our, our church community. Um, and some of those ended up following my brother and I to Idaho and, um, and, you know, one in particular. both of the boys that came to Idaho are now married and have kids. Um, but both of these boys have several siblings from several other fathers. Um, both of these boys are several generations of, uh, of just devastation of just, um, uh, relational familial devastation. And they should both be doing that too. Like that that should be continuing and spreading, um, but thanks be to god um, they've been they were called out of that and 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 when you again when I've thought about this little independent Baptist church that that uh, you know that has never had more than ten families, um, when I think about just one of those boys who now is a faithful father of several kids, and I think about like Fast forward, like look at this from God's perspective. Fast forward like five generations. How many hundreds or thousands of lives are going to be impacted by that little faithfulness? And so our, our sons, our teenage boys, have to learn that it is a sin to think. It is, it is a grave, grievous mistake to think that your sin only affects you. It's one of the great lies about homosexuality today. Well, if it doesn't affect you, then... You know, what, what does it matter what, what people do in the privacy of their home? It, it actually matters a lot. It, it 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 all sin matters a lot to other people. It never is just one person who's affected. There's lots of people that are affected. So our sons really have to learn that, have to have to feel that 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 um, the weight of of their actions. And when it comes to secret sin, um, a good a good way to think about secret sin is that secret sin is really tolerated sin, right? Secret sin is tolerated sin. Um, and tolerating a little sin is like being just a little pregnant. It, it doesn't, you can't just be a little pregnant, right? Um, uh, and, 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 and so teaching our sons um, not to um, tolerate sin um, and, and, and keep it secret, but to, to deal with it. Um, so I, th- I loved this post. Uh, I want to, I want to talk briefly about pornography, uh, cause it's important to, t- to talk about with teenage boys. Um, I thought this was as good, a a good, a, um, direction as any I've, I've seen. Uh, Michael Foster shared this on Facebook. I think it was a friend had asked him about, about how to, how to talk with their sons about pornography. And this is what he said. I said, one, tell them that you love them, aren't ashamed of them, and that uh, this is something that you have had to overcome. Tell them that they can do the same. That's the first thing. The second thing is tell them that porn is bad for them spiritually, physically, and relationally, and then explain how. Number three, tell them that you're going to set up some speed bumps to help them when they're tempted, but it comes down to their desire to live with integrity. Those speed bumps are, A, filters, On devices and IP, B screens are only in shared spaces, and C weekly catch-ups. Have you looked at porn in any form this week? Four, ask them to identify A the times that they're most attempted and B the things that seem to trigger them uh, to desire to look at porn. Five, show them ways to deal with with stress that are productive. Bible reading, prayer, running, push-ups, developing a skill, etc. And six, remind them that you love them, that porn makes you weak, and living a lie is hell. Let them know that you won't look down on them if they stumble, and they need to let you know so that you can so that you can conquer uh, the sin together. That was good good advice, really really solid, strong advice. Um, and I, th- I just think we need to be we need to be frank with our teenage boys about porn, um, and we need to have this kind of. Orientation towards it. This is a, this is a struggle. Uh, I've had to learn how to over, overcome it. You can too. Um, uh, let's stay. Let's stay in contact about it. Let's 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 develop this habit. And then the speed bump concept. You know, um, you're not going to be like. The goal is not that your kids live in a bubble for 18 years uh, and somehow they're going to know how to deal with living outside of that bubble. On year nineteen, right? Um, they've got to. They've got to learn. And, and 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 let's be honest. There's just no way that you can completely protect your kids. If your kids want to get into it, they're gonna find a way. Um, maybe at a neighbor's house, right? Um, I saw porn at a neighbor's house when I was probably four or five years old, right? Dad had a stash of, of magazines, right? So, so this is this is uh, this is before the internet age. Um, so, uh, the speed bumps uh, in our home. a uh, Couple that are just super easy. Um, so DNS filtering. If you if just Google DNS filtering, uh, you can set up DNS filtering on every single one of your devices for free. Um, my phone has DNS filtering. All of all, every computer, every smart device in our home has DNS filtering. That's easy. Um, we have uh, we have an app. Um, for all, for all internet in our home that allows us to set bedtimes for every device so every device internet turns on at a certain time and internet turns off at a certain time and so if somebody wants to use it outside of that time then they've got to ask and um, just like just like Michael Foster said here um, no using the, com- the computer in a over in a corner or over in your bedroom if you're going to be using a screen it needs to be where everyone can see it. Um, it's easy. Our kids all have dumb phones. Um, they're gonna have smartphones someday, you know. So, uh, but 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 when they're 13, I'm not I'm not looking to put that temptation right in front of them. Uh, our kids don't have access to social media. I say don't have access. They don't have social media accounts. Um, they could get on and and they can you know they can navigate to stuff that's on social media, but they don't have accounts themselves and. They will someday. I'm not worried about that. But I, but I, I don't want to get them when they're young and they're developing discipline uh, with these things. I, I don't want to just drop this huge, massive temptation that, that's been scientifically engineered to be addictive. Um, I don't want to try to drop that on them when they're, when they're 13. Um, okay, so we have just a few minutes, like literally two. So I'm going to go back real quick because um, these are the last. I just want to talk about kind of tying up in a bow the difference between the way moms and the way dads are relating to teenage boys. Um, so mom's role with teenage boys needs to change from the way it's been their whole life. So she's, she's had this kind of demeanor of authority, of being an authoritarian, of being kind of the voice of authority, the voice of God even, you know, to the kids when they're little. Um, and so she's kind of dominating their lives when they're little. Um, over time that needs to change that needs to to go away you don't want a 30 year old man who needs his mom's permission to do something right so when they're little mom's very authoritarian um she needs immediate obedience but but um when bethany and i were were getting boys in the 11 12 range we started calling uh wise older women, uh, and asking advice. How, how do we deal? Like we can tell something like a a dynamic needs to change here. What should, what should we be doing? And several women, uh, advised us one towards, um, moms, um, moms moving away from giving commands to the son. So it's, you're moving away from do this chore right now to, Hey, I need your help on this. I need your help on the trash. Could you, before you leave uh, or before you, you start your schoolwork, could you help me with the trash? Um, it's kind of like, it starts to move towards a honey-do list, you know, like a wife has for her husband. So you're sort of moving in that direction with your boys. And again, it's affirming him and his masculinity and saying, I, I know you're a man. I know, you had a, I know you know how to manage your time. I know you can accomplish this. I need your help with this. Um, and, um, and, not, and not a overbearing, do this right now. And if you don't immediately, then it's, then it's a discipline. Um, The other piece of it is, um, is putting those boys under other men's authority, uh, men and women. I mean, putting them under other authority is really important. It's hard to do when you're a homeschooler, you know, Um, but, but there's something that happens where, a boy's relationship to his mom is this sort of he sort of put, puts this in its own unique category like oh that's just mom and i just treat like my relationship with mom is my relationship with mom but the more other authorities that he can be under the more that i think the pattern recognition of oh there's a way that you treat authority like there's this authority thing and there's this thing where when coach says run a lap you do it uh, and and when the boss says clean it up, you clean it. And there's just, I just think this, this kind of light comes on uh, for a young man that, oh, mom's an authority. Like, it's not just mom, she's an authority. She's one of those people in my life. And it's not appropriate. I would never treat a coach or a boss the way that I treat mom. And so that's the hope is that by putting them under lots of other authorities, they start to make that connection and, and start to obey their mom, uh, not because they're scared of her, because they're not. Uh, they're not scared of mom anymore. Um, they're probably physically bigger than mom at that point, uh, feel like they're smarter because they, they maybe don't get as emotional. Um, and, uh, and so they're going, why do I have to obey this lady? So it's good to put them under authority because they kind of get to put in reps of obedience to, to commands uh, by other people. Um, I think the other thing is that a mom, I I learned this from, a uh, stories are soul food podcast episode with, uh. Nate Wilson and um, Brian Cole. It was episode 68, and the title was Hand Him a Hatchet. Um, And he he talked about how moms need to be a surprising uh, to to become a friend and a surprising challenger. So mom wants her boys to grow up to be a hero. Um, And so mom is is starting to challenge him in certain ways. And uh, he, he gave the example of you know, boy needs to walk home from come come in the door from school, and mom goes, "Hey, here's a hatchet. It's a sh- it's sharp. Don't chop your fingers off, right? Like, like, or here's this book about the Marine Corps. You know, it's got some bad words in it. You're you're old enough to read those words. Just don't use them, right? Like mom mom needs to move into this role of like sort of surprising the son of like, yeah, I know you're a man, and I'm and I want to prepare. I'm not I'm not gonna." Hin peck you and sort of shelter you anymore. I'm, I'm expecting you to become a man, and, and I want to encourage that. It's really, really easy uh, for mom to just become a no uh, all the time and a downer uh, to, to teenage sons. And so it's something to, 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 to be aware of as a mom and to protect against. Um, dads have kind of talked about how important your role is a lot. Um, but I'll just say that, that your role is becoming less of an authority and more of a mentor. That's where you want to be uh, as a mentor and also a friend. I mean, you're, you're a brother. And, and, and I know that, that that might strike you a certain way. It, you know, your job, mother and father, first and foremost, is not to be your kid's friend. Your job is they have lots of friends. They need a father and a mother. So I'm not I'm not saying that. But there is a transition where they, they, a young man is leaving the home. He's not going to be under your house, under your authority anymore. And like we said, that's a gradual process. And so stuff has to start changing. The dynamic of your relationship has to start changing. And, and, and dad, it should be, you're becoming more of a mentor. You're becoming more of a friend. You're eventually going to be almost peers in certain ways. Um, of course, you're a one-of-a-kind friend. Um, and I've already said this, but 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 dad's I think it's, it, it's, it bears repeating and ending on, is uh, your sons are a mirror to you. <laughs> uh, I just, in the car ride over here, told Bethany, I said, I'm a know-it-all, aren't I? And she said, yeah. I said, because our, our boys are all know-it-alls. Uh, and uh, that's probably from me. You know, it's like, it's like, I mean, that's a constant thing that happens. As your boys become men, you go, oh, I do that. Like, that's me. Uh, and so it's a huge blessing in your sanctification as a, as a man. Um, but it, it is so true that your boys are going to be just like you. Um, and so it's really important that you model for them the kind of uh, man that you want them to become. I'll stop there. It's 1020. So uh, I don't know that I left time for questions, but would be happy to chat afterwards. Uh, why don't we uh, close in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your time. this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, your wisdom. We pray that you bless us as we uh, as we raise these teenage boys, that you uh, make them mighty men of God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at Kirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. <laughs>